have with me today a guest that I know you are all going to love. Gwen Grimes has a fantastic background in law enforcement. She's also been a reality TV star, and she took all of those experiences, and now she's up in Alaska trying to help her brothers and sisters deal with the stress that police officers, first responders, and our brothers and sisters in the military deal with. And I want you to hear it all directly from her. Gwen Grimes, welcome to the show. Morning. How you doing, Betsy? Good. I'm so glad to be able to talk to you. Now, first of all, tell everybody where you're at. Well, right now we are up here in Alaska. It's uh, about 10 degrees and we got 10 inches of snow last night. So we're tucked in for winter. And uh, <laughs> Alaska, Alaska is a very unique place. Last last month or last week, actually, we were at 40 below. So now we're in a heat wave at 10 above t-shirt weather. Today's cutting firewood day. <laughs> I love Alaska so much. I try to get there uh, at least once a year, but never in February. Um, so Gwen, you have, first of all, let's talk about your police career just for a second. Give everybody your background. All right. So, well, I started, I started in law enforcement. I worked up on the North Slope Borough, which is the largest borough in the United States. And we had about 23 officers that covered almost 90,000 square miles. And uh, we would go out as solo officers out to a village and we'd do a two week on, two week off rotation. And so I learned very early on as a very young cop, how to handle Lots of situations completely solo with no backup coming. No, nobody's coming to bail you out. So you got to be able to think on your feet. When my kids got older and needed mom home more because I was a single parent at the time, I decided to transfer down to Wasilla PD, which is more of a city police department that is just outside of Anchorage, which serves a population of about 80,000 people. And there's um, backup. <laughs> you actually have partners with you on the street. And so I transitioned from being a remote officer handling calls by myself to a street cop that did the normal patrol uh, with your partners and backup. And uh, it was in Wasilla that I actually ended up getting injured in the line of duty in a, a vehicle accident that took out my gun arm and uh, put me on permanent disability. Now, even though, you know, you're a disabled police officer, you're incredibly um, physically fit. And, uh, and I know that's a big, a big part of your life. And uh, because of your resiliency and your fitness, you got involved in a reality TV show, didn't you? Talk about that. I did, actually. So it was kind of funny because I ended up having some serious, when I had had gotten hurt. I got told, I went through about a year of, of physical therapy to try to rehab, to try to get back to being. And the whole time I was doing that rehab, I thought I'm going to be back on the street. I, I was totally mentally motivated and ready to be back out there. And I was doing everything to, to get myself back in shape, to be back out on the street. And then I got that devastating blow when the doctor said, you are done. Your career is over. You will never again go out that, that destroyed me. I was, I was not prepared for that. And I also at the time didn't know that there was uh, help that was available for officers that had been injured. So I felt like I got 
kicked to the curb and there was nothing. And so being on workers comp, not having the financial income coming in for that year, I ended up losing my house. I ended up, you know, it was just, I, I almost lost everything. I had my kids and my boyfriend at the time. And I said, you know what? I know how to homestead. I've been doing this my whole life. So let's go pop smoke and move out into the middle of the wilderness. And we're going to come out here and I'm going to get away from all these sirens. I'm going to get away from the desire to go out and keep helping when I hear these sirens. So we moved all the way out to Eagle, which is on the Yukon, 120 miles south of the, of the Arctic Circle. But I was still kind of in cop mode. So I didn't have any kind of social presence online at all and so i would use my boyfriend's accounts to to ghost hack and go into um different forums to put my two cents in worth without bringing it back on myself and so i was in a medical survivalists forum and i was posting things about how to handle things medically and this uh member from uh the casting company for naked and afraid contacted my ghost persona online and said hey uh, would you be interested in being on this show? I'm thinking, oh, yeah, well, this is probably a, a scam, right? So I said, I, I went into cop mode and I was like, well, you can call me on my landline. Uh, I'll head back up to my house because we don't have internet at our house and uh, call me there and we'll, we'll chat. So we went back. Sure enough, she calls. We chat. So they bought us plane tickets. We flew down to LA. We did the casting procedure for Naked and Afraid. Uh, three months later, they called me up and said, hey, do you want to go to Mexico? I said, sure, why not? I didn't even know what the show was. I, I really didn't have a clue. All I knew was you had to be naked in the wilderness and, and go try to survive. <laughs> so I thought, you know, I've spent this entire last year since I retired, I've, I've spent up here in the wilderness and I've been in my head a lot and I was trying to, help myself get better. And I thought, what better platform than to put myself into an extreme challenge situation and see if I can mentally, spiritually, and physically handle being placed in something like this. So I went out on that 21-day challenge to prove to myself and to others that I wasn't going to let this new disability that I sustained define the rest of my life. And that was the the mindset that I went out there with when I when I went out and it changed my world because once that show aired, Nate and I had set up our retreat uh, in the interim while it was getting ready to air. And when that show aired, we had such a reach out from people because they actually touched a little bit on it, on, on my injury and and said that I'd been injured in the line of duty and that I was out here trying to prove myself in this challenge, that kind of thing. We had a lot of people reach out to us. And so that was our kickoff for Wildwoods Wilderness Retreat was being able to have that national blast and then people coming in. And it's it's been up and down since with COVID hitting and everything. It definitely slowed us down this last year, but we're still we're still hanging in there. We don't give up or <laughs> never surrender. You know how that goes. So I have to ask you, because everyone wants to know, is that stuff real that you see on shows like yours? Absolutely. Oh my gosh. It is, uh, what I tell everybody is I relate it to, if you could imagine yourself being in a Smithsonian exhibit, caveman exhibit, and you have people milling around you with cameras flashing and they're all talking to each other and you can't talk to them. And it's just the two of you doing all your stuff. That is what it's like. 
You can't interact with the camera crews. They don't help you at all. You have to go find all your food. You, you do everything by yourself. It's, it's, it's an incredible, amazing adventure. And it is probably one of the most stressful and challenging on the planet because they literally take everything from you and then throw you to the wolves. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> so you took, you know, so here you are, you dealt with all those issues that a, a disabled cop has to deal with. And I want to point out, because I don't think most people understand this, that, that, you know, I think most people think when you're injured in the line of duty, that your police department takes care of you and you get paid and you get, you know, a free medical and a pension and you get money and they take care of all your needs, right? And you and I know that's not the case, but I explain that to people. Most departments, there are some departments that are very good at doing that, at supporting their officers. But from what I've found in talking to other officers that have been injured in the line of duty, um, and even, even firefighters and, and EMS, it, it doesn't matter what platform you're in necessarily, military as well, you don't have the support behind you. You're kind of pushed to the side and forgotten, and you really have to fight for anything that you do get. And it's really frustrating because you're already at that critical moment where you're like, why am I here? What, what is my purpose at this point? And why am I having to fight when I just spent however many years you just spent doing what you did to protect others and help them. And now you're the one needing help and nobody's there to help you. And it's a very empty feeling. Like what, what have I just wasted my entire life for at this point, you know? And so you go into some dark places and you have to be able to reach out and find help to be able to get out of that and find a new purpose in life. And I think it's super important that focusing on finding a new direction. And if, you're, if your direction is to help others, there are so many different platforms out there that you can hop in on. It doesn't have to be just one. You can get involved in multiples. But the bottom line is there is help out there that's available. You're just going to have to search for it. Don't, don't depend on your department to be showing up at your door because they're not, they're not going to. So you took all of that and you channel that into Wildwoods. And, and it's just such an extraordinary concept to help um, police officers, other first responders um, and military personnel kind of gain or regain that same resiliency that you demonstrate. Talk about some of the things that you guys do. So Wildwoods Wilderness Retreat, we, we are remote, super remote. We don't have internet or cell phone service out there. And so one of the things that we offer to people, it's not really an offer. It's more of a, this is what's going to happen. So be ready for it. <laughs> they get out to where we're at and they go through a digital detox. That digital detox actually uh, does a mental reset for people because you're already in a, in a negative headspace with all the stuff going on. If, if, if you're at that point that you need that intervention, you're already in a negative headspace. And now if you have all of this social media and you know, news and all this stuff blasting you all the time, it, it doesn't allow you to, to get outside of that and recenter and refocus. And so that's our big push up in the wilderness is regroup, recenter, refocus. 
And then when you get to that point and you don't have the digital distractions, after about two to three days for most people, they have that aha moment like, oh my gosh, why was I so angry? <laughs> like, I don't need this stuff in my life. And then they can actually, then we can get down to the nuts and bolts and we can start working on, you know, what the, the whys, what ifs, the, the hows, how do you do all this? How do you navigate this? And the beauty of, of Wildwoods is that the, the people that come out to that retreat are like-minded people. There are other cops, there are other firefighters, there are other military personnel. It's a band of brothers and sisters that are uniting together to help each other and then developing that support network where you can call somebody if you need that help because you just spent a week learning how to build primitive fires with this person and you've had that bonding time and you've been out, you know, walking trails where you could get eaten by bears, you know, it's that, that bonding experience. <laughs> so it's unique. It's a definitely a unique environment that we bring you into. And, you know, you fly in by bush plane to get out here. Um, it's a, a super remote location. If you've ever seen the show uh, Life Below Zero, on National Geographic Channel, um, one of the cast members, Andy Bassich, lives 12 miles downriver from us. So that gives you a geographic location of how remote in Alaska we are. And this next summer, or this summer, 2022 coming up, we're going to be um, bringing, we have, we have five already, five veterans and first responders that are coming out to do a fly-in project remote cabin build. These are injured officers, military, those type of people that have said, I need four months in the wilderness to reset myself. What can you, what do you got for me? So all we're doing is asking them to get their plane tickets and bring their camping gear. And we're gonna set you up and we're gonna go out there and we're gonna build cabins to expand Wildwoods into a new location. So we'll have two locations in Alaska. One will be a fly-in lake property. One will be a fly-in river property. And we'll bounce between the two, two of them once that other one's built. So we're expanding. And if anybody wants a four-month adventure, contact us. <laughs> that would be extraordinary. And I, I think one of the things I really like about what you guys do um, is the fact that it's not just sitting in a room, talking to a therapist or, or whatever. It's a lot of it's very physical, isn't it? It's physical. You're doing you're doing a lot of uh, you're just getting back to knowing who you your your true self, your your body and what it's capable of, and it's it's wilderness therapy one one, is what we call it. Well, and I think that and you and I talked about this at a conference we were at together. That digital detox that you talk about. I've given that a lot of thought. It seems very frightening in a lot of ways. We are all so attached to our smartphones and our tablets and our laptops and, and our televisions and our streaming services. Um, it, 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 I think it seems unthinkable to a lot of people. I'm kind of one of those. Um, but you've seen some extraordinary successes with that, haven't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. We had, we had one guy come up that had um, not been, he was so angry and he was not able to sleep for more than three or four hours a day. He'd get up and he'd just pace around and he, he told us, I'm, I'm super 
just irritated at the world. And so my first thought was, we'll see what happens in three days with your, with your digital detox here. So he get, he got up in the morning. He's like, I need to turn on the news. I'm like, we don't have TV. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> and he's like, wait, what? <laughs> he's like, where can I go get internet? Uh, you can't. Your phones don't work here. There's a landline here. If you'd like to call your friends, you, you can call them on the landline, but that's it. That's our only outside source of, of communication. Um, and so he kind of had that, whoa, whoa, what did I get myself into? Well, sure enough, day three happens and he woke up and he, he said, oh my gosh, this is absolutely incredible. I am no longer angry. My entire view of life has changed. I want to get out and I want to go hike the trails and I'm seeing beauty in the morning when I wake up and I can enjoy watching a sunrise. And his whole mental attitude did this shift. And when he left that retreat session that he was in, he contacted me a few months later and he said, you know what? I still don't watch the news because I found out it was just toxic for me. And so that, that was enough to change his perspective on life to set a new trajectory for him where he wasn't angry at the world every day that he woke up, which was cool in and of itself. And they don't have to be life altering shifts. They just have to be tiny things, little adjustments here and there that help you deal with life a little bit better after injury. You know, it, it's just that finding those tweaks to make your life just a little bit better because it's sucky when you have to go through this stuff. It's just right. And it our just, injuries can be mental or physical, right? Exactly. They don't have to be physical injuries. They could be, you know, emotional, mental, physical, any of those things. Everybody's different. Everybody has their own ways that they deal with things. And that's, that's where it helps having other people there that are like-minded and you can just all sit and talk. It's, it's just relaxing. It's nice. And it's a safe environment that you don't feel like I can't talk to these people because they're civilians, or I can't talk to these people because they've never worked on the street before or, or any of that. It, it just gives that group unity more credence when they, can, when they can talk amongst each other and then have the outdoor adventures and have the, the, the natural healing of nature touch all of them it's really cool to watch awesome well when we talk about doing these types of retreats the other really important thing um is peer support right is you're not doing this alone absolutely peer support has been a critical in our in our retreat we we have to be able to talk to other people and give them that tool to be able to use when they leave you don't want to be feeling like you're alone. You don't, that's the last thing you want. That that's where you go dark and you get into some really bad places. And that's where we end up losing people. We don't want that to happen. So peer support is huge. And you handle kind of, um, you kind of have two arms of, of um, service that you provide. You've got, um, the police officer, firefighter, first responder arm of things. And then you have kind of a separate uh, military arm of things, right? That your husband handles? Yes. So my husband handles, he's retired military. So he handles the military side of things. So if we have veterans that come up, uh, veterans and cops 
get along very well together. And so we have done mixed groups before, but we always ask if somebody's coming up specifically, are you okay with being in a mixed group of law enforcement and military, or do you want just military or just law enforcement? And we try to cater our, our retreat to those individuals' needs. Um, doesn't always happen, but we try our best to be able to accommodate that. And we do have, you know, my husband's on the military side. If they need to talk to him, then they can sit there and have a one-on-one -on -one with him. Uh, and if it's law enforcement, they can have a one-on-one -on -one with me. So I got to ask you two things about how people can find you. First of all, what episode, what season can uh, people see you on Naked and Afraid? So I did a 21 day challenge in Mexico. That was season 10, episode six called Baked Alaskan. And uh, then I did the 40 day challenge in South Africa. And that was uh, season six XL, which is an entire se season of, I think there's 11 or 12 episodes in that one. So season six of XL, that's uh, Valley of the Banished. And then the 21 day baked Alaskan season 10, episode six. And where can people find out more about Wildwoods and spell it for us? <laughs> yes, Wildwoods has a unique spelling. So you have to pay attention here. It's W-Y-L-D-W-O-O-D-Z adventures.com. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us. We so appreciate everything that you and Nate do for our law enforcement first responder and, and our military. And uh, if you would like more information about the National Police Association, visit us at nationalpolice.org. Sam, put the gun down! Put the gun down! Last year, law enforcement officers were involved in hundreds of thousands of use of force incidents. A use of force incident is when an officer must use nonverbal tactics to gain control of a dangerous situation. Put the knife on the ground. In many cases, officers have no choice but to use force when a suspect doesn't comply with a lawful order. Use of force is always ugly. No one likes it, especially police officers. Together, we can help de-escalate these dangerous encounters. Help police officers by complying with their lawful orders. Don't attack, attempt to disarm, or flee from an officer. Use of force is an officer's last option. Most incidents can be avoided by not resisting arrest. If you feel you've been wrongfully detained by a police officer, then seek a legal solution after the encounter has been resolved. Let's keep everyone safe. Comply now and complain later.